Welcome to NextCast. My name is Nathan Whitlock, an editor at Humber Press. NextCast is a podcast about teaching and learning at Humber College. Every episode, we talk to some of the faculty and staff who are leading innovation both inside and outside the classroom. Our guest on this episode of NextCast is Lara McInnes, the Acting Program Coordinator for Remedial and Developmental ESL courses. We'll be talking to Lara about research she's done into the way professors give feedback to students. Hello, Lara. Welcome to NextCast. Hi. Thanks for having me. So uh, tell us a little bit about your role at Humber, some of the work you do. Well, right now I'm working in the English department, and I teach ESL and English courses. Uh, And I've done some work also in another department, uh, working with the English for Academic Purposes program, which is a pathway program for students to work on their English uh, to prepare them for college. And I've also done some uh, coordinating in the Teaching English as a Second Language program as well, which is a postgraduate certificate program. So some of the work you've been working on recently is a Teaching Innovation Fund project regarding types of feedback. Can you tell me a little bit about what inspired it? Did you notice something about how students were taking feedback on their writing? Yeah, actually that was noticed, but it wasn't actually noticed by me, interestingly. Um, This sprung out of really a large curriculum change that happened in the English department. Um, Basically, in most of the uh, diploma-level English courses at Humber used to be grammar-based with a real focus on um, sequential grammar-intensive lessons. And a few years ago, uh, there was a decision to revamp that curriculum and lean it more towards critical analysis Uh, summary writing, paraphrasing, skill-based writing. And so in response to that, there was this um, need and uh, desire from the students and from the faculty to provide some additional grammar support for students. And so one of the uh, writing center coordinators, uh, Sean Gilpin, and I put together this thing called the Grammar Advancement Project. And this was, an, our, our uh, curriculum review group got together and used University of California uh, program where students do independent grammar learning. So they go off on their own, they do grammar learning, and then they come back and they do reflective writing. So we thought maybe that would be a nice supplement. And basically the students would write a sentence Uh, And if there were errors, the teacher or a tutor would reformulate that sentence to help the student see what a native speaker would do. Uh, So when we reported that back to our curriculum review group, uh, the coordinator at the time, John Stilla, said, you know what, this might actually work well with native speaking students who are working at the remedial level. So it's very developmental. They have a chance to work on trying to notice their errors in their writing. And maybe this reformulation method, which is very popular in the ESL stream and the ESL world, might actually work well with remedial students. So that's kind of how it all came about. And we thought that was our research question. Would it work? I mean, would these would this feedback, corrective feedback approach help our remedial students uh, in the what we call the writ stream uh, to notice their errors more? And if they can notice their errors, they become better writers. So once it was approved by the REB and approved by the TIFF uh, fund, uh, we dove into the study in the winter semester, uh, and we started working with the students. 
And what were the what were the kind of results that you that you noticed as you did that research? Yeah, this is this was really interesting for us. So um, the one thing I should add uh, about our methodology was that we replicated uh, think aloud protocols. Uh, and think aloud protocols, uh, if you're not familiar with them, sometimes they're called concurrent verbal protocols. These are like when, when someone is completing a complex, complex task, uh, like complex problem solving or trying to go through a thought process, we ask them to articulate their thoughts as they do the task. And so, so we record their thoughts as they're doing the task, uh, whether it's reflecting on what the decisions they made or kind of everything that goes on in their mind, uh, whether it's random or not. Um, that process allows us to kind of analyze um, that noticing and that awareness in their writing. Okay, so the students did a reading, and then after they did the reading, they wrote um, kind of an argumentative response to an argu- the argument in the, in the reading. And then they, they, what they wrote was reformulated by uh, a tutor. And then we asked the students to go through those two versions and just talk about everything that goes on in their thoughts as they compare those two versions. And then what we had them do is come back a week later and write the same thing again. So they saw their original version. They didn't see the reformulated version but they wrote, they tried it again. And so what we were interested to see was what they had articulated and noticed in the previous week, whether that was actually retained and used and in, into, into an improved written version in the second, the second week. Uh, so what did we find? <laughs> um, so it was, it was really tough to kind of pull apart the data. There was a lot of qualitative data. There was a lot of verbalizing that went on. So what we did was we identified what we called moments of noticing. And so we listened to the verbalizations. And every time a student said, oh, I see that, blah, 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 then that would tell us that there was something noticed between those two versions. And so when we looked at the second uh, written um, paragraph the following week, we looked to see if what had been noticed led to what we called a corresponding error correction. And so whether that error correction was made, that linked to that verbalization the week before. So that was the most striking conclusion or result for us was that the students who articulated a difference between the reformulated versions and their own versions, they some, uh, more frequently those students did improve in their writing because of it. So there were more corresponding error corrections based on those moments of noticing from the previous weeks. Now, in terms of the overall quality of their writing, it was very difficult for us to to gauge that. Um, We did look at things like clausal density, like how sophisticated their writing was, whether that improved, and we really didn't have enough data to say. We ended up with quite a small sample size, uh, so it was hard to really generalize the findings or even um, see anything that was statistically significant. But... Uh, it was striking to us that the that the what had been verbalized and noticed in in many cases it was actually contributing to an improvement in the writing uh, subsequently. So that act of just verbalizing the the process almost 
you know, uh, awakened or engaged a different part of their brain made it easier to retain. Exactly. Exactly. That's true. Um, That's how well I know brain science, by the way, <laughs> using no, those technical true. terms, it's, a different part of the brain. No, it's the, but the, that's the whole thing about thinking aloud is that um, they call it reactivity, actually, which is problematic when you're trying to study because the act of thinking out loud and verbalizing your thoughts may lead you in a different direction than what you were you are going to think without verbalizing it. So that's hard to measure and it and can be problematic when you're uh, doing uh, a study. Uh, nevertheless, just from a pedagogical standpoint, asking students to articulate and write or even write down what they notice between the two versions may actually help them apply those changes to improve their grammar in the future. Think aloud protocols. I keep getting this image of like someone diffusing a bomb and talking to someone through a headset. Like yeah. I'm now go going to cut the yeah. red wire. I'm yeah. now cutting the blue wire. <laughs> exactly. Actually, uh, I remember I had a professor who uh, is uh, quite a guru in sociocultural theory, and she talked about think aloud protocols with respect to. Um, mystery solving and how when you read a mystery book, a detective often starts describing something like Sherlock Holmes would start articulating something um, and noticing things, which would prompt him to notice other things. And so that's what actually got my professor interested in that idea of reactivity and how what she calls languaging, actually, thinking aloud actually contributes to thought. For me, just anecdotally, I've noticed a lot of my students in the remedial class um, who maybe might forget an ED on a word or a, a word ending like S or something that's a, a, what I would call a salient error. They, they, over time, if they're prompted and they look at the differences, they can start to say, oh, yeah, I've got to watch for that S. I've got to watch for that word ending. So for word forms, I have found that... Um, Reformulation seems to help, yeah. Has that changed how you approach some of the teaching you do and some of the methods you, you use in the classroom? I would say so, absolutely. Um, if you put people, uh, students in groups of five or six, choose a sentence and you, go, you, like, for example, in the hives, you can write on the board your reformulation and then ask the students, you know, say, okay, in 10 minutes, I'm going to ask everybody to explain the difference. And that's the metacognitive part right there. For them to use that, that metacognition and be able to use the meta language to explain the differences that are structural is really helpful for them. So it's facilitating dialogue because it's a group already, um, but it also gets them to think in a different, in a different way, more strategically, uh, about how language is structured, and then they can kind of learn the meta-language as they go. And is there a specific case or a specific student that you noticed uh, was really doing well with this method? Yeah, I had a few students who I, f I feel benefited a lot. Uh, I had one student in particular who was struggling with word forms. Uh, and um, when she would read aloud, she wouldn't notice uh, that she was making errors sometimes. And so I always did, I always do journal writing with students uh, in the remedial classes. And in, in this particular journal, I would re rewrite uh, parts of the student's journal for her. And so I would give it, I would make some comments about her, you know, she would write about what she did or that day or something, and I would make some comments about it. But then I'd say, you know what, I'm going to write a few sentences here. And in your next journal, I want you to, to compare them. And I want you to describe the difference between what I wrote and what you wrote. And we did that over a series of weeks. She loved it. 
Um, she said it hurt her brain a little bit. <laughs> but by the end of the semester, those, those focused um, errors that we were able to hone in on, she, I, I absolutely saw demonstrable improvement in her word forms over time. So it was nice to see that on that individual case, someone who responded so positively to reformulation, and it was on a very moderated level, but she, I could see that she was starting to build awareness and notice her errors more, which I would argue is, is the goal of a teacher is to empower, help students empower themselves to self-correct and reflect on their writing. Do you think this can be used in other programs and in other kinds of classes? I think, yeah, I think for study purposes, perhaps, um, when in one-on-one -on -one tutoring sessions, uh, perhaps in the math center, um, there's some research in uh, reading for elementary students. Um, but I think when you're looking at uh, academic strategies, whether it's uh, studying, group work, dialoguing, I think it all fits under that. Well, to do my own Think Aloud protocols. I'm wrapping up the interview, <laughs> and I'm about to thank you. Thank you very much, Lara. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Next Cast is produced by Humber Press and the Creative Productions team at the Center for Teaching and Learning at Humber College. Special thanks to Panit Waugh, Santino Pinozzo, Allison Lasorda, Darren Richards, and Eileen DeCourcy. To suggest stories for future episodes of Next Cast or to let us know what you think, Email HumberPress, all one word, at humber.ca. That's humberpress at humber.ca. To learn more about the workshops, teaching certificates, and other support offered through the Center for Teaching and Learning, and to read issues of Next Magazine, go to humber.ca slash Center for Teaching and Learning. Thanks for listening. See you next time. That's not a pun. Thanks for listening.